welcome to the 11th episode of Gobbler's Draftcast. In this episode of the Draftcast, we are on part two of our mini-series talking to the writers of the Dauber Fantasy Prospect Report about our top 50 rankings, and there are a whole bunch of us here today. Um, as always, I am your host who realizes he says like far too much as I'm editing yesterday's video. I'm Pat Quinn, associate editor, and I cover the caps for Dauber Prospect. Here's our co-host, Kyle Watson, who's a junior editor, crossover scout, covers the Penguins, and is no longer trapped on his Ontario Transit excursion from yesterday. Um, for this week, we are joined by, like I said, multiple people. Um, Dave Hall, the managing editor, crossover scout, and Canucks team contributor at Dauber Prospects. Poor guy loves the Canucks. Um, Pete Harling, who everyone should know. Um, he's the associate editor of Dauber Prospects host of the Dauber Prospects radio show and contributes to McKean's and my NHL trade rumor. Um, Keith Duggan, who covers the Arizona Coyotes. And then so when he basically watches the Coyotes and Prospects next season, they're all going to be in the same type of building. So it's going to work pretty nice for him. Um, and finally, we're joined by Hayden Sobileski. I should have asked you how to pronounce your name to start, uh, who covers the Avalanche. Also, fun fact, he used to cover the Leafs at the same time and was associate editor before. He would also like to drop a quick website plug and description. I'm also the co-creator of a hockey website called mcdavidforpicks.ca, where you can practice or try trading away, trading four players you want, and hopefully get some realistic responses back using some fancy logic that me and a friend have been creating over the last several years. Before we get started, remember to like, subscribe on YouTube. You can listen on Anchor, along with Spotify, Apple iTunes, and Google Podcasts. We're also powered by Instat. Also, I forgot to say this on the last episode, but you can pick up your copy of the Fantasy Prospect Report at DauberHockey.com. Okay, so to get started, I'm just going to ask everyone these two questions that I asked last time. So for me, I found this year, it was not the toughest to narrow down my top 50, 53, um, but it was different than any year before because so many prospects this year basically played a game or two. So it wasn't like a huge tier. I felt like everyone sort of squished in the same tier. Um, and, and that's why I think everyone's rankings are so different for a lot of this top 50. Um, I just wanna know, would you agree and how many prospects did you initially put on your rough list? For me, I put 89. If you don't know, that's okay. But let's start with the person to my screen's right. Uh, whichever, he's on this side. Dave, you're going to start. Hmm. All right. <laughs> uh, I, I'm bubble number two. Well, these, um, I always get the mirroring wrong. Anyway, yeah, no, sorry. fair enough. Yeah, so I don't really actually know how many I had to start. I usually, I had a whole whack ton, to be honest, and I, I was able to, to kind of cut down. I think with my, um, I, I actually found this year quite difficult. I, I thought there was a lot of prospects that are kind of in the similar similar range, and to narrow it down to 50, I found was quite challenging, for at least for myself. Um, there's a lot of people that are a lot of prospects that I actually, not regret, but I definitely wanted on my list, but I just felt with 50, it was, it was a little tough to get them all in. So I actually found this year a little bit more challenging than past. Uh, Keith, you can be next. Yeah. I mean, I'm right there with Dave. I had a lot of trouble 
because a lot of prospects played just a couple games, especially towards the end of the season. I don't remember how many I had on my initial list. I mean, it was probably like 70. And it was a lot of searching, making sure they didn't play a game. And it was a few that did play a game here and there. So I had to take them off the list, obviously. But I had a lot more draft that are up for the draft this year than I probably usually do in years past, I would say. Yeah, you, you were big on more on the 2022 than just drafting guys, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, let's go to the person who's usually the complete opposite of that whenever he makes these rankings. Hayden, how about you? Well, yeah, usually I'm the opposite of that, but this year I kind of uh, agreed with Keith there. I have more guys in my or from the upcoming draft in my list than I usually do. Uh, I usually bet a little bit more on guys with more of a track record behind them. But like you said, so many guys had played one or two games this year that I ended up filling up my list with some of the high upside guys from the upcoming draft. Yeah, and then Pete, how about you? Uh, yeah, more of the same. I mean, you try to put a little bit more emphasis on the players who are older and a little bit closer. Um, and then the draft eligible guys who um, you just don't know how far out they're going to be. Some of them are three or four, maybe five years, um, which kind of drops them lower on my rankings, especially for fantasy purposes. You don't want to put a guy on your prospect bench, wait four years to find out that he's not an NHL player. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I kind of like the AHL production too. I, I don't know. I usually give more emphasis for that, but, Kyle, how about you? And then you can take us away for our next little set of questions. Yeah, uh, more of the same again. But for me, it, this was my first year contributing. So I had real trouble trying to compare, like you guys said, like draft eligible guys to somebody like, you know, Jacob Pelletier or Luke Evangelista, who's maybe ready to jump into the league next year. Um, so I tried to take that into consideration and move guys up that were you know, like farther along in the development and more of a sure thing. But at the same time, I tried to think about upside and pure production. And that's why I had, you know, guys like Luke Hughes and Frank Nazar so high in my rankings. Um, but yeah, I think I had, I think I had maybe only like 60 or 70. I, I definitely found it uh, once you got rid of the Ecklands and the Powers and the kids that played a couple games this year, it, it was, it wasn't that hard to, to make a ranking because, I don't know. I, I just felt like, although there's not like as many clear tiers, if you included the players that have played NHL games, it's at the same time, I'm not like really set. Like I had a lot of guys more like you could argue that I could put them four higher and I wouldn't be that like, it wasn't a lot of like, I want everyone rate in these absolute rankings. Like I'm, and I'm going to argue that I'm going to die on that Hill that this player is better than that player. But yeah, overall, I had a lot of fun. And uh, this is the first time I've kind of ever really um, compared draft eligibles with drafted prospects because usually I'm, I'm so used to reading and seeing lists of, you know, this year's draft rankings and then best players not in the NHL yet kind of stuff. So, yeah. Actually, I forgot to mention before you go into the next part that the rankings are based on upside and NHL, like making the NHL. And defensemen are two extra points for a goal, and there's no goal. I forgot to mention that. And if I and that's it, right? I didn't forget anything on our top fifty, right? That's about the right thing. Yeah, that's our. Okay. Just making sure. 
Sorry, I had to throw that in there. I forgot that really late last well, night too. Yeah, yeah, it's important to note. I mean, the goalies would have made it a lot harder, I think, because I don't know. There's a lot of guys. I don't know. I, I might have had Jesper Walst at number one, honestly. But anyway, let's let's focus on Shane Wright. Um, that's where I was planning on starting. So um, with the group that we have here today, there wasn't a lot of disparity. We all had him at one or two. Oh, sorry, Hayden, where did you have him? I didn't write yours down. You had him at one. Okay. But Dave, you had him at seven. So we're going to start with you again. <laughs> um, was it, are you just not sold? You know, he's like a high floor, uh, low ceiling kind of situation, or did you just have players um, ahead of him that you're more sure are going to produce points in the NHL? Well, I think going through this whole list, it, it, I think it's kind of important to, to make note of how I, how I go about it. So my biggest thing is NHL readiness. So I'm, I, Obviously, Shane Wright for me being seven is actually, you know, I'm, I'm, I actually think quite highly of him. I generally have more of my, you know, drafted, like draft plus two prospects ranked way higher. Like, I'm, that's just kind of how, that's the first thing I base things off of how ready they are to be in the NHL. For me, I like, like I said, to have Shane Wright at uh, seven and I also have Cooley at six, like that actually speaks quite highly of how good I think Shane Wright and Cooley are going to be. Um, for me, it's just really important that they're NHL ready. Do I think Shane Wright's going to step in and be an instant uh, fantasy contributor next year? I don't think so. Uh, you know, maybe not. Um, so my big thing is just NHL readiness. So that's what I focused, at least my first year of uh, the way I scout. That's how it goes, at least that's so. Okay, so that's just, it's not a, a, any knock on right or a, any concerns you have about his game? Not at all. I just, you know, like I said, I have Pelletier guys that I think that are actually going to not only make the NHL, but probably be put into more of a, you know, a, a, an opportunity to produce next year right off the bat. So I'm just not fully sold that Shane Wright is going to be in the NHL right off the bat. So for me, he slips down a little bit. Did you also slip him down because you watched a 36-minute video on YouTube about how bad he is? <laughs> no, unfortunately. Just um, checking. I but you did, you, you, did, you did have Cooley over him, so I'll, I'll ask you about that. Um, is, is it a case where you see Cooley producing more and Shane Wright being a better all-around player? Or are you 100%. 100%. I have, I have, you'll notice in most of my things, I have Cooley going higher than Shane Wright in even my mock drafts. I, I, have, I think Cooley has a much higher, at least offensive, ceiling than Shane Wright. I think Shane Wright is definitely the, you know, the all-encompassing player, but I definitely think that Cooley has the more uh, offensive punch. Okay, and, and Pete, I'll ask you because I know you went down to Kingston a fair bit and you have him at one. Why do you see him as the best fantasy prospects available not in the NHL right now? Well, he's going to be in the NHL come October. I, I think he'll play for the Habs right out of the gate. I don't think he's going to explode out of the gate and be a, you know, an 80-point player. Um, I'm not sure he'll ever be an 80-point player in the NHL. Um, but, you know, I like the certainty that you're going to get with him. I think there's, there's, there's not much doubt in my mind that he'll play in the NHL soon, as, as soon as October. Uh, he'll play a prominent role right away. You know, they won't shelter him and, and, and play him 10 minutes a night or healthy scratch him and whatnot. Uh, I, I think he's good to go. Um, you get the, the Patrice Bergeron comparisons a lot. You think, well, they, you know, that's no McDavid or that's not a Sidney Crosby. Well, you're right. Uh, he's not that player. Um, 
but at the end of the day if you know if he ends up being like patrice bergeron who in my opinion is the first ballot hall of famer you know that's pretty good i'd be all right with that um and then you look at, at this list and you and you scroll through it and you think how many other players on here are going to be first ballot hall of famers potentially it's probably not that long a list um it might end up being a long list at the end of their careers, but how many can you predict would be that guy today? Um, so that's why I, I had right pretty high. I'd like to ask you, um, you know, I just think there's a quite a disparity between public discourse on, on players and, and what actual NHL, NHL scouts think. I mean, it's always interesting when you get those anonymous polls that players write and they always just have some ridiculous takes that, you know, they get picked on online, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're the ones getting paid to do this. So I'm interested to know when you've been going to Frontenac's games, um, especially with Wright, it's such a unique situation given that he missed last year, right? So what, where was the panic level, you know, when he wasn't coming flying out of the gates? And, you know, even still people are saying that I would, given his 15-year-old season, he should have had a better year. Um, or does everyone you kind of talk to just not panicking at all? Um, you know, I, I try not to talk to scouts about NHL draft eligible players because they like to hold those cards pretty close to the vest. Um, when I talk to them, it's, it's about <clears throat> maybe some overage players or, or guys that are in their systems for the most part. Um, but in having conversation with about Shane Wright with a lot of people, and, and I had a, a podcast episode with Alan Edmansky, who's the, the TV guy for the Frontenacs. Um, you know, and, and he was, he was pretty glowing about him. He wasn't concerned about the slow start that he had to the season. And I mean, I think a lot of people compare that to just how dynamic he was for Canada at the U 18s, right? Like he was, he was a real force there. And one of the things that I've been trying to reconcile with, with his game this season is I think about how good he was at the U 18s and, um, and where I, I see him going in the NHL and he's a smart thinker, right? He thinks the game, really really fast uh at a faster level than than you get at junior hockey so i think you know when he gets to the nhl that'll be advantageous for him because his teammates will will be able to complement that and he'll be able to complement his teammates uh and in, you know a lot of cases with these elite players they do better at higher levels um but the conflict I have there is, is Kingston was a pretty good team this year. You know, he had some, about a half a dozen or so NHL drafted prospects. He's playing on a line with Chromiak and Zade Wisdom and Lucas Edmonds was there and he had a hundred point season in the OHL. So it's not like he was playing with inadequate skill level players, but I just don't think that those guys, specifically Chromiak, I just don't think that they, they think the game at, the pace that Wright can. So that's, I think has a lot to do with um, his perceived lack of development or production this season. I, I think, you know, he, he did as well as he can and he did what he was asked to do for the Frontenacs. And I also have some concerns and questions about some of the coaching decisions that that team made. So I'd, I'd be really curious to understand what his expectation was from the coaching staff and, and how they asked him to play. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, we had Sebastian High, uh, our Canadians writer on, and, and, and he had uh, a similar sort of concerns about how Wright was used. And he was saying, um, I hope Wright goes back another year in the OHL and w 
hopefully for another team, not that I doubt that would ever happen. And just, you know, has that dominant season. I guess people point to like Mitch Marner, for instance, he got sent back. That was a bit of a shock, but then he went back and had that Memorial Cup season. Um, is there anyone in this Zoom call here today that thinks Wright should go back another year or can we move back to, okay, Dave? <laughs> Pat? Yeah, Who I'm fine to go first? Well, what, he's what, gonna what, go what's... The, no, he's going to go. Don't, don't go Devils, ahead, so I'm just saying he's going to go to the Devils because I think we all know he's going number one now. Hey, Bob McKenzie's Put the list out. Yeah. Popolowski yeah. number one. Of glad scouts, not the Hab scouts. I guess we don't know if one of them was a Hab scout. It's anonymous. I just don't see, you know, why, why not? Like, what, what's the, it wouldn't hurt. Sorry, go ahead. It wouldn't, so? it wouldn't hurt, right? I don't think it hurts your development playing another year in, in junior hockey. I don't think so. No. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Dave. I think you're finally ready to go. Oh, no, pretty much just what Peter said. Like, you know, what, does it really hurt to go back? And, you know, there are so many questions early on about his game. And, you know, why not let him go back, really make sure he figures it out? You know, what? there's no rush, especially if he's going to a team like Montreal, who, you know, potentially, do we know if they're going to make the playoffs next year? Probably not. They could, but maybe not. What's the point of rushing him in, right? I mean, right? <laughs> Jeez. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think Owen Power kind of what's the expression like powered himself back bit? to the NCAA. Okay. <laughs> We're only allowed one pun for like ten minutes. Oh, Aiden's turn is screwed up. Okay. <laughs> anyway, now okay because I mean you, you had Hughes and Lafreniere right, and then everybody started to talk about oh they're having such horrible seasons for first overall, or even someone like Miko Hishe, Rasmus Dahlin. So I, I think maybe we could start to see this become a bit more of a trend. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like the way people are talking about Owen Power a year later, there's much less um, doubts about him. And, mm -hmm. and people are starting to realize how good of a, uh, a defender would be. I mean, even someone like Scott Wheeler, who didn't have him at one, like half the year, by the end of the year, or uh, sorry, like after, you know, the World Juniors and the, the Olympics and whatnot and the World Championships was saying, like, this is could be a guy we see on Team Canada at the Olympics, which is not how he was viewed in his draft year. No, as a consensus. So yeah, it, it, it could very well happen. Um, I mean, he didn't really do much with Kingston this year. I thought they were very disappointing in the playoffs, and to have him back would be something special. Like, yeah, I think you you'd have to build a, like a London Knights team, or uh, you know how Edmonton and, and Hamilton all stacked up this year. If you built that team around him, that'd be something to see because who's to say he couldn't get 120, 130, 140. I mean, why Johnston can do it. Yeah. Go ahead, Pete. That's what Kingston should have done this season. Um, you know, they had all the forwards and they had a good goalie. Uh, they just, they just missed the boat on getting a defenseman or two. I mean, they, they added a couple, but they weren't of the caliber that, that they needed. And their blue line was just, this is not good, yeah, to say the least. Well, it's another reason why these kids should be able to go to the AHL, right? Like we, we saw, like that was the greatest thing about that one year that we got to see all these kids not only join but thrive in the AHL. That would be great, a great position to put right in. Like, yeah, maybe going back to juniors is a bit of a scenario where, you know, maybe he's just too good for it. Who knows? But you know, after the year he had, maybe he does have some stuff to work on. Like he's not like a Connor McDavid, right? That was we all knew he was generational. He's going to be in the NHL. Let's get him in there. So yeah. Anyways, we can move on. I'm just, 
I'm in the camp that I just don't, uh, I'm not fully sold that he's in the NHL come October. Overseas would also be good. Doesn't have to even be AHL. That's a good show. But can I ask the next one, Carl? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. No, I just sort of thought I like to look at the top 50. And so I was the only person who did not have this person ranked in their top 10. Um, and thankfully, we have the writer for this team. Also, very surprisingly, someone ranked him number one. But I didn't put uh, Dylan Gunther very high because I'm like, well, when he makes the Coyotes, it's the Coyotes. He's going to score like 40, 50 points. But Keith, you also had him ranked six. I would have expected you to have him higher with how high everyone else had him. So why is he number six? So what can you tell us about him a bit? Well, first of all, I love Gunther. So it's no bias against him. I just think he's going to go back and play another year of junior. I don't think Bill Armstrong is going to rush him to the NHL. And, you know, just like we were saying, prospects ready. I think he's going to be a really good player for them. And then when he does come to the NHL in his 20-year-old season, he's probably going to struggle a little bit because Arizona is still going to be a bad team. But that's why I had him at number seven. So then, Dave, why would you put him at number one? Well, number one, there, there's a perfect example of exactly what I was just talking about. Like that, there's a guy that you like, what's he going to go do it back in junior that he hasn't already done? Like, I almost just feel like it's a waste of time putting that kid. We know he's going to score goals. He's going to continue to work. Anyways, I would love to see him in the AHL, but I don't know. I I think he does make the, I think he does make the club out of camp. And I think he's going to be put in a position to succeed. And while it may not be next year per se, I think the ceiling is, you know, through the roof. And, you know, when you got him and, Logan Cooley, uh, you know, tossing it around in the next couple of years. I, I think, you know, they got so many picks coming up. I just think finally this is the like one of those moments where I think Arizona actually could start. We could start to see a little bit of a change in Arizona. Like where they finally got some picks. Hopefully we can start seeing a little bit of entertainment from there. So I just think Dylan Gunther's uh, upside is through the roof. And I think it's going to start as early as next year. Yeah, Arizona really did what Seattle should have done. Do you think he's strength, like strength ready for the NHL? I mean, that's Bill Armstrong's big knock on him right now. Yeah, maybe maybe it takes him a little bit longer to grow. And that's what I was saying. Like, it might not be, you know, next year where he pops. But I just think overall in the, in the long run, I think he's, you know, he's going to be a first line guy where, you know, does it really matter? We've seen tons of examples in the NHL lately where, you know, guys are getting away with not being the quote unquote strongest or heaviest set uh, frame. So I don't know. I think his upside, his offensive swing is just too much to, to knock on right now. Am I going again? Do you want to go back to Slavkovsky or should we continue? With- However you want to go, Kyle, we okay, can go back well- and forth. This is smart. I like that idea to start. Hey, we just okay. made stuff up here on the fly. This is why we're the best podcast or tied with Pete's for best podcast though. Uh, and there are other affiliated podcasts, of course. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, we haven't been asked on that one. So that one's second. <laughs> um, well, why don't we, where'd it go? I mean, Pat, do you, do you have Slavkovsky at one? I'm starting to wonder if I typed this down right. Uh, no, you didn't type it down. I, right. think it I just, had him at two. Keith I think it was a Dober and me. Dober yeah. and yeah, me. Yeah, Keith, Keith one. does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? Dave I'm going to abandon my notes because these might be wrong. So I'll just open the actual pad. <laughs> So you made all these amazing notes and then they just all fell apart a few minutes in after your first question. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I, I still kind of, okay, let me just open it up. Do you want but, me to pick something else random? 
Well, no, I guess we can just ask, ask Keith why he sees Slavkovsky as the, the best prospect outside of the NHL. I, just the way he played against men in the Olympics and the world championships and his strength, his size, his skating, his shot. I think I think Wright will still go number one in the draft, but I just think he's fantasy-wise, I think he might be the better player. It's interesting because a, a lot of people were saying that about, about Cooley in the year. And I mean, we were talking about that earlier as well. Um, I do want to ask about, okay, wait, no, I'm not going to ask anything. Honestly, Pat, you, you ask until I was going to, did anyone not have Nemec ranked? I think everyone. Uh, I, I didn't. Okay. Oh, so yeah, I, that I got that thing. right. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I, I think you could even say Nemec comparatively, like if defenders are weighted heavily, could be a better fantasy player than Wright. Like so, his... but this is my thing. So with defenders, the only difference is that their goals are worth two. So let's just say he gets nine goals. So he's got 18. Do we think he's getting 50 assists to make him worth more than a Wyatt Johnson? That's my thing with defensemen. Not only do I think he's not going to be in the NHL next year, but I also think I, I personally grade defensemen a little lower if we're talking about future offensive, you know, fantasy upswing. So for me to have an undrafted defender who I, who might go to someone like Seattle who might put up 35 to 40 points. I just, for me, and I, there's just a lot of guys I think that are going to put up more points right off the bat. So that's, there's my argument for Simon. That's for it. not even having him ranked. I think uh, Kyle and I are, um, what is it? Something or me too uh, has a lot of influence a bit on our rankings. I find. Yeah, and, and don't and don't get me wrong. Like this could this will change by next year. Like he probably will be on my rankings this year. It's just for me, it was hard to get a bunch of these undrafted players who I think there's a good when there's only fifty, right? So, anyways, I'll mute. <laughs> but you know who's a good drafted player? Who you had twenty three and everyone else had in their top five six? Luke Hughes. Why do you hate my Devils? And why are Hayden and I so smart to have... This is just a hate on Dave episode, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's just the first... It's the start. But it's, it, but, it's, but it's the exact same thing. Like, for me, a defender has to be... Like, the same with Simon Edmondson. I see a lot of people that I, I'm... I, I don't have him ranked either. I would probably have him ranked if I didn't think he was going to be, at best, a number two defenseman. Mo Sider's the guy. He's going to get PP1. Do I think Simon Edmondson's going to be putting up more points than Brennan Othman? No. At least not right off the bat. Like I said, this could change next year. But my my big thing was I look at pro, like uh, projection. Is he going to be in the NHL next year? And then right the next thing I do, especially for defenders, is he going to put offensive numbers up next year? Because this is all based on next year for me, right? So, anyways, yeah, it's okay. I had him off mine too. That's Edmondson. I I'm like I like him, but I don't think he's going to be a big point guy. Everyone else likes him for points, but that's fine. But, um, Mo's the guy. Mo's the yeah, guy. Well, He's if, going we to wanna, the guy. if we want to make some of make fun of someone for leaving someone off their list completely, um, Kyle, why do you hate uh, Matthew Nyes so much? Um, I don't hate on Matthew <laughs> Nyes. I think he's a great prospect. I think he took tremendous strides this year, um, and his production was a whole lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, and he showed that he can make space for himself against men with speed and pace. But I just think there's 50 better prospects. And I think Leafs fans are I love the idea it. that the idea that he's gonna be in the NHL next year, like I think that's nuts. Like 
I, I he I, like he could be, but when's the last time you saw a guy in a draft class where so little guys are making the jump immediately? Like so many teams are taking their time on kids from 2021. We're going to see a second round pick just because he's a big guy jump all yeah. the way to the NHL. Like, like hold your horses. I thought it was wild that there was talks of him coming in last year after he was done, like going in for their playoff run. I agree. I think I thought it was a little wild. Yeah. Especially after going out and acquiring depth wingers at the trade deadline. Like, yeah. Well, our so, resident I love it. Fan maybe should jump in on how much he loves Matthew Nyes a bit or no. That's you, Hayden, I think. No, that's Pete. Pete, aren't you a Leafs no. fan? No, he hates the Leafs. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Leafs fan, but I also thought you were talking about Hayden. Um, I had Matthew, <laughs> I had Matthew Nyes ranked 13th, I think, on my list. Um, I watched him play quite a bit in the Frozen Four uh, tournament there, and I think he's NHL ready. Uh, I think he made, they made the right decision keeping him in college another year of college isn't isn't going to hurt i mean look at the leafs roster where is he going to slot in in that top six right like it's it's not going to happen especially in the playoffs throwing a kid from college into the into the playoffs is that a really good idea is that the pressure cooker and in toronto is that the situation that that you really think is is going to be his good introduction into pro hockey wouldn't it be better to make it in a exhibition game (laughs) that was for chris Kreider, didn't it well, hey, there's every rule has an exception. <laughs> I, I know some stuff every once in a while. <laughs> but speaking of knowing stuff and um, having defensemen ranked really high, uh, I talked about this last episode with Curtis. He ranked a bunch of defensemen. Like, I don't know why I ranked them all so high, but we have Jake Sanderson. Um, Hayden, you have him at number three. They're right behind Curtis. Why do you have him ranked as your third ranked player? I really like the situation that Sanderson's going to be in in Ottawa because by all accounts, he's going to start the season in the NHL and stay there. He has the pairing of Shabbat and Zub ahead of him on the depth chart. That's going to be able to take the heavy minutes, kind of shelter him as much as the team wants to. And it just seems like a perfect opportunity for Sanderson to develop at his own pace and take take maybe a few more of the offensive shifts that like we were talking about Edvidson and uh, Sider earlier, where Sider's already the guy. Shabbat's already kind of the guy in Ottawa, but he has kind of evolved into this big minute muncher shutdown type role as well. So I feel like there's room for Sanderson to maybe challenge Shabbat to be that guy within three or four years in Ottawa. Does this mean you think um, Brandstrom's out the door? You just don't think Ottawa's going to be continuing with him? Yeah, I don't think Brandstrom's going to have a future in Ottawa. Oh, I traded Mark Stone straight up for him. <laughs> oh, no way that was one for one, was it? Yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> wow. That's why I don't know. I don't know. I like Sanderson, but I don't have a lot of hope in the Ottawa organization for stuff <laughs> like that. Similar yeah, sort well, of logic you're using for Genther. Although that being said, I mean, guys like Josh Norris, Foreman today stepped in really well. So, Yeah, I like the direction the team's going. Like, I, there's definitely a lot of reasons to doubt Ottawa. But <laughs> at the same time, I like the way they're going. I think they have enough talent in place that new talented guys like Sanderson, they, they have 
like people to work with when they join the team. So I'm optimistic. Tyler yeah. Boucher is coming up pretty quick here. <laughs> it's going to be awesome on the fourth line. In AHL. Did anyone rank him in their top 50? <laughs> oh, uh, gosh. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I swear I saw Tyler Boucher. Uh, hey, if multi categories, he, he might be huge in those. Let's see. But yeah, while Kyle looks that up, let's uh, go into a, sort of a player that has like a mid low and a really high ranking. Uh, Pete, you and Dave had him two and three in Peltier. But Keith, you had him 23, and Kyle, you had him 29. So that's kind of a little bit of a variance. Why Why are you guys so split on Peltier here? He was pretty wicked in the AHL. I had him at eight. And tied with Hayden. Actually, Hayden, we tied a bunch on a whole bunch of these. But yeah, anyway, um, any one of you guys want to start either the high on Peltier's side or the lower on Peltier's side? Okay, fine. Keith, you have to start. <laughs> Okay. Well, I really like him as a prospect. I just didn't see a path for him getting in the top six in Calgary right away. I mean, they're pretty established right now. So that was why I had him as low as I did. But I still like him as a prospect. That's not a, anything against him. What if Johnny Gaudreau and Kachuk both I was leave? just going to say, there might be a path. Kachuk's not leaving. I don't know about Johnny Hockey. Kyle, why did you have him so low? Uh, it was more of a case of my criteria being different, as I'm now realizing is kind of a common factor in all of our rankings, yeah. um, where just like, yeah, if, if I was using the logic of, if I was picking a list for next year, he would be top 10. Yeah, like his AHL numbers have been fantastic, but I just was looking at, you know, kind of throwing him on the board and is he better than this guy? Is he better than this guy? And I just found better prospects in terms of, you know, in five to 10 years, who's going to I, I don't know. I, I definitely don't see him as like you know, an all-star player, whereas the players I had him above, I, I think have that potential. Well, it is it is pretty impressive though to, for him to come into the AHL and post sixty-two points. It's pretty pretty dang good, especially for a smaller guy. That uh, I don't know. I, I just thought he I thought he looked right at, right in place in the AHL. So I think he's more than ready to to jump up next year. Well, Pete, he's your number two. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of with Dave on this one. I think uh, he came into the American Hockey League and hit the ground running, never looked back, didn't look out of place. I don't think there's much more development that he needs at the American Hockey League level. Like he said, the only the only obstacle I could see would be how he fits in into a top six role and gets relevant minutes in Calgary uh, next season. Um, you know, something, something would have to give and, um, you know, maybe uh, – maybe a, a door opens because Goudreau signs somewhere else, or uh, even if Calgary re-signs him, maybe they, they, they find another way to get him in and, and make a trade or something like that. I think he's, he's the kind of player you make a space for. Uh, I'm assuming that this is kind of the similar situation with, with Brisson. Um, <laughs> someone had him at two and someone had him at three. I think it was David the Pete, right? Up there. Yeah. yeah. Pete, love it. We're dying on the hills together. It's great. But you didn't even have him ranked, Kyle. Yeah. That, he looks that so is, good. Yeah, even with the criteria, I just talked about that is more of a, a straight up, I'm an idiot. Like, I just. Oh, no. It, everyone forgets. Don't it happens. It happens. Yeah, happens I don't every year. follow Vegas prospects very closely. <laughs> yeah, me, he looks so good. I had him ranked low because where is he going to fit in on the team? 
that's just for me it's like it's going to be like four years yeah how could vegas possibly want uh, someone making league minimum on that? (laughs) no but i bet like they got so many guys that like they're paid to be top six players so where is he going to go that's just for me i don't know they are one team that's managed to just like they just change their who like they don't you know what i mean like their first line when they first started was carlson marcia and smith right and then their big line became patch ready um stone and uh, how am i losing this so i don't know i i, I they're pretty flexible and i, I could see Brisson, or, or yeah i could see him coming in the league at least like someone gets hurt he's got to be first on the list surely right with well especially if they actually keep all those guys like i don't know they're, they're... They're pretty cap crunched right now. It's going to be kind of interesting to see what happens this offseason. Like, like they like like Caden was kind of making fun of. Like, they might just um, like take in the the opportunity of getting in a, a league minimum player that's that skilled. Like he, like I said, he he jumped in the AHL and he looked amazing right away. There was a couple kids like pretty much all of the Michigan boys just came in and all looked perfect right in their spots right away. But I don't know. I can see him getting uh, cracking a spot. For sure. You talk about how good he looked on Michigan. He was their second leading scorer. He outpaced Kent Johnson. Uh, I watched a bunch of Michigan games and, you know, I'm, I'm looking for the big guns, Veneers, Johnson and power when I'm watching their games and, and Hughes and he just kept outperforming those guys um, from shift to shift or game to game. I mean, he's, I think he's one of the more underrated prospects out there. And the fact that he didn't play a game at the end of the season and still Ella was eligible for, for this rankings made me super happy because I had him high on my list. So, and, and like Dave said, he looked great in the AHL. And like, like Hayden said, uh, you know, Vegas is going to be uh, up against the cap. They're going to need guys on ELCs and they got rid of Dadanov. There's your, there's a, a roster spot for him right there. So uh, I think he's a, I think he's a, a not a lock, but uh, a really good shot for him to make the team and um, and make an impact as a rookie this season. Well, we talked a bit about Calgary before, so we should probably talk about Matt Coronado. Um, I thought I had him ranked high at 15, but Hayden, you have him at five. Yeah. 2020 hindsight. Maybe that was a little bit high, but I really like Coronado every time. Like, just anytime guys can jump leagues, switch leagues, teams, coaches, and just not miss a beat, that really impresses me. And not only that, it's not like he just moved to the NCAA and he started or he kept putting up points, but he even kept his like his goal assist splits relatively similar. Like he stepped in, he was his team's leading scorer both in points and goals, I believe. Uh, he kept kept himself at kind of like a 50-50 goals assists ratio he was his shot rate was pretty high if I'm not mistaken just guys that can take those steps without much of a hiccup uh, I, I give a boost and I do favor NCAA players more than a lot of other leagues that these prospects are coming from so he kind of fit all of the biases I have and got a boost <laughs> yeah Keith and Dave both had him in their top 10 too well, he's also out. got a hell of, he's got a heck of a shot too. So Pat, you had him at 41. Are you living under a rock? Or... <laughs> no, I just don't see him coming up to the flames anytime soon. So a similar kind of situation. With yeah. LTA. 
but um yeah let's go with uh someone this is a big dave and uh pete sort of difference here sorry dave well hayden had this guy ranked 41 but you know what we'll start by just making fun of pete pete how come with whl player of the year for stank oven just doesn't matter to you was he whl or am i just wrong i am right yeah, yeah oh yeah yeah why he won that... chl player there did he not did he yeah he did oh, yeah. yeah why does did. none of that matter to peter harvin did i not rank him no <laughs> well uh, you said no swearing so uh <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so pete where would you rank him if you could redo your whole list uh, uh that's a great question man um <laughs> I, I don't know how he slipped under my radar um well if you want we could ask hayden why he put him at 41 then uh uh <laughs> <laughs> a lot of again 2020 hindsight probably a bit low but a lot of the goals i see stank and scoring aren't goals that I could see him replicating at the NHL level. Like a lot of the positions he's scoring from um, aren't ones that I think he's going to be able to reach with his size and build in the NHL. Um, so I think that his game is going to have to change a little bit to take that step. He seems to have all the, the talent to do it. He probably will. But I just see him having to make more changes than a lot of other prospects if he wants to get to the NHL level. Yeah, I think everyone always has one player they just forget. I remember when the Flyers had their big stacked defense. I think I completely forgot Travis Sanheim on a list, or it was someone like that. And I was like, oh, yeah. Well, and to, to go back to the very starting of the podcast when we talked about was it difficult to rank these players, I think – all these answers kind of pretty much sum that up. Like it, it was really hard to go. Like there's so many players that, you know, in hindsight, you're like, yeah, well, I guess there is an argument for him to be five. Yeah. Well, I guess there is an argument for him not to be ranked. I just felt like this, that's why it was so hard for me is this year, there were so many players between, you know, five and 45 that yeah. you could have arguments either way, which is ridiculous, but it's, it's true. Cause yeah, there's a lot of 20, 29 hindsight going on here as Hayden would say. It almost, it almost, <laughs> felt like between 10 and like 60 you could just flip anywhere because I think I was moving a few players up and then a player that really I got knocked down I think I had him at 30 and he just kept going down and down was past you mm -hmm. off out of uh, the ducks yep, yep. I had him and he was like off of it I will say oh go ahead I've been talking oh, go, ahead. Go, go ahead I was gonna oh I was just gonna say Stan Coven as a Canucks fan and contributor I will say he will continue for the rest of my life, go down as the player that I thought they were going to take. I was, I had every, I, I thought he was going to be a Canuck from that one. And I cannot believe that they passed on him and took Klimovich. I just, I had to throw that in there. Hold on. Canuck disappointed you? Are you sure? I didn't know yeah, that, I guess, that ever happened. I guess there's a few names that we could, uh, <laughs> we can toss in that. Like, man, I, I feel bad for Canucks fans because two years ago, like when like we ever like everyone had Patterson as the number one player from that draft class, yeah, and then you had Quinn Hughes come in. I think I made a tweet, which I still will probably hold to, that Vancouver's gonna win a cup before Toronto. And then it's just like collapsed. <laughs> and now we're talking about rebuilds. Like it's crazy. Well, in in you know, defense, 
that rebuild should have happened years ago. So that's just them missing the boat and just continuously trying to kick the can a little bit further. So it's not much of a rebuttal, but they should have done it years ago. I don't know if it was a huge <laughs> rebuild, more just Benning just kept signing bad players. <laughs> well, no, they did, and that, well, that's the issue. They didn't do the rebuild. They should have done it, anyways. Yeah, I so. think it's it's kind of interesting because, like, literally any team next year, if you are not sure that you're going to be a top twenty team in the NHL, oh, like, wow. you might as well give up. Like, because <laughs> Bedard, Fantilli, Mishkov, like, I, I and I think that makes every single debate we're having a little bit more interesting because, like with a guy like Genther or even a guy like Shane Wright, you're saying next year, yeah, you could either say we, we want to bring our kids in to the NHL and not worry about winning and just let them learn the league, like how Detroit's doing. Or you could say we want to send them back to junior and just feel the worst roster we can think of and, you know, like take on a bunch of cap and crappy contracts and tank. So, yeah, I think I, I really do feel like it, even with Vancouver where you're like, I could conceivably making, see them making the playoffs with Pedersen and Hughes. But at the same time, imagine Pedersen, Hughes, and Connor Bernard. Like, would they be willing to eat up a couple of years of those millions of dollars they're making to ensure they win a cup? I don't know. Maybe they get Mitchkoff at around 10. Who knows? I'm really interested to see what happens with Mitchkoff next year with all of this stuff that's going on right now. Yeah. That's surely already the story of the draft, even as good as Bedard and Fantilli is, are. Yeah. Um, well, I, well I, what, I, what I was going to say is if, if, if every single question or every single player were just kind of going, well, I, I, my criteria was a bit different or I should have had him ranked, I see your argument. We could try and switch things up and I could just ask all you guys, who was the player going into this that you were ready to stick your neck out and who was the player that you were like I don't want to put this out there I'm going to get reamed for because I'm really low on her I'm going to get made fun of so <laughs> Pat I'll, I'll ask you for and I think I know your answer well who mine's you... really easy Kirill yeah. Marchenko I was the only one to have him in the top five I just I've loved him since he was drafted and I just think he's the top at least top six winger uh, I don't know I always saw a top line winger I'm perfectly fine with being proved wrong but maybe lots of Columbus Blue Jackets fan will like me for just always liking him simple as that I like his power game I like his whole game I think last year in the KHL like his numbers were down a bit but he was just getting more ice time and more responsibility the second you don't act responsible and you're a young player in the KHL you have like four minutes so he had to do everything he can to stay up high and what about who is the player you were worried about I mean, now it's probably Dylan Ganther, but like going into it. <laughs> no you, way, Dylan. You had oh, lower. A player I was worried about. Well, I guess Coronado, I might look pretty bad on in the future. But um, uh, man, I have to really go down my list and check out here. I, I don't know. I don't know. I like a lot of my picks. But like we already said, a lot were kind of all over the place. Maybe another player, I guess I would stick my neck out for is Arseny Gritsyuk, which I was the only one to rank him, and I ranked him 19, and no one else seems to like him. <laughs> so I can be proved wrong on that one, but I really like him. Uh, yeah, Dave, what about you? Who was, uh, who's your guy, per se, with uh, this crop of prospects? You know, I, th I think my guy, and we already talked about him, um, and Peter and I were both high on him. I think Brisson, I, 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 he really changed 
how I thought of him last year. I thought, like like Peter said, he not only looked really good in Michigan, he always caught your eye when you were watching games, but just how he just seamlessly went into the AHL and just looked so good right out of the gate and looked like, you know, uh, the Silver Knights' top guy. I just, I don't know. I think if there was, if there was anyone who changed my mind uh, after they went to the pro ranks, it was him. I, he's, he shot up the ranks in my personal just prospects in general list. Uh, I wouldn't, like, I could see him... Yeah, I just think Brisson's going to be really good. I think uh, one player looking back, and luckily I wasn't the only one who ranked him, um, but I think, I, I think I'm a little cooler on Poulin. And I, I have Sammy Poulin ranked 34. And looking back now that I'm looking at my rankings and looking at everyone's, I, I might not even have him ranked. I just don't know if he's got that offensive ceiling like I once really liked. Um, so I'm actually looking back, I'm surprised that I have him at 34, but I think he's probably my one player looking back now that I could probably say that I might even drop him out, if not just a little lower. I guess, Pete, is your answer also, Brisson, that your guy? The guy that I that I like the most? or was... Yeah, the, the guy that you stuck your neck out for this year. Yeah, probably. Um, you know, ditto what all, all that Dave just said. I, I I felt that he's flying, flown under the radar on the, the Wolverines roster there where he wasn't getting the recognition that he deserved and, um, and prospect rankings and depth charts and all that. And, you know, fantasy values. I, I, I think that it's, I think he's an undervalued player uh, and, you know, ranking him at fourth, I thought might get a little, a little pushback or, or questioning from, from C, some, some people, but for anyone who said, you got him ranked too high. My my answer to that would be watch him and then get back to me. Actually, the player you had ranked at four, you're the highest on in Connor Zary. Would you like to? He's not the one you want to pick. You like Brisson one pick more than Zary. Uh, really? I thought I had it the other way around. But anyways, four, five, five, four. What's the difference? Um, yeah, Zary. Um, you know, he kind of cooled off a little bit last season, but he had some some injuries and and working against him and whatnot. Uh, I still think the upside is there, and I think the timeline to the NHL is uh, is pr- could be pretty short. Um, again, the same problem with Pelche. Like, how's he going to fit into that roster? The Flames Flames up Coronado as well, right? Like, they've got a, a bunch of good young young players who are going to be pushing for roster spots. Um, but I think, I think he finds a way to make it to the NHL. It might not be with Calgary, but I think he'll make it and sooner than later too. Uh, Keith, I think I might be able to, uh, who is, I'm showing my lack of knowledge here. I'm betting Keith, you had him ranked. Um, Ben had him ranked. Hayden, you have him ranked and he's a Florida prospect. I feel like oh, I've Michael definitely ben. heard his name, but yeah, yeah he's really good for Colorado. What what draft was he from? <laughs> like last, uh, last year, I think. Yeah, 2020, I think. Some of the AJHL. He was okay. Very very slick hands. I think he was a, a super late though. He was either in the sixth, maybe even seventh round. Wow. Who yeah, is this? he's a. Uh... You're talking about Michael Benning, right, from Florida? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't actually think I had him ranked, but uh, he's 
he's fun to watch for sure. He's definitely one of those uh, secret sleepers. If you're ever doing a, a sleeper uh, episode, he's definitely one of those players that I could see coming out of nowhere and surprising people. But uh, Keith and Hayden, were, were there any guys that, you know, you were worried that you're going to get flamed for, or, you know, guys you think you're way lower on than the general consensus? No, I ranked everyone perfectly, so I wasn't really worried. Colton Dak at 45. Was I will say I'm the only one to have Brock Faber listed. I have him at 45. Now in Minnesota Wild. I love Brock Faber. I'm not sure about his fantasy upside, but he's the kind of guy that wins championships. Yeah, I, I like him. I think that's a great move too, but I don't know if I have him anywhere near my top 50, especially if I don't have Matt Nyes. <laughs> I hate it. Who is your number one guy? Who's your who's your big, big die on the hill guy for, right? Sorry, were you talking to me? There? Yeah. I didn't hear it. Who's your Who's your number one? Like, who's your guy that you like the most that you don't think other people appreciate as much? I think that's the question, right, Kyle? Yeah. yeah. I, I know. I was just being stupid. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, I feel like y'all already picked on the guys I had ranked higher than everyone else. Jake Sanderson, Matt Coronado. Uh, we haven't talked too much about Luke Hughes just because everyone had him pretty high except for Dave. Um, yeah, and anyone who's in good situations and especially guys like Hughes where he has two brothers that have been shown to have very very good hockey senses and been able to jump into the league at the right pace like those are the kind of guys that I'll stick my neck out for and give a little extra boost to like Sanderson obviously hockey family Hughes like family track record of being able to like play at the NHL level and think fast enough I'll I'll trust genetics a little bit on those kind of cases so you're a big fan of Jared Stahl and Gretzky's kid hey outliers (laughs) I'm not realizing you said Jared Stahl and not Jared Stahl who got arrested for cocaine possession when he was a LA kid Oh, <laughs> you know who I didn't have ranked that I kind of wish I did I, just because I watched so much of him in the playoffs was Caden Gooley. He he impressed the heck out of me during that entire run and then Memorial Cup. I knew I knew he was good, and I, I guess I just didn't watch enough of him earlier in the year. But he was super impressive for Edmonton. Yeah, I I, I another guy that I was worried about not ranking. Gooley being one of them, but also Josh Waugh, if we're going to talk, talk Habs. I don't know. I, I, I can't, he's kind of an anomaly of a player because not really though, but like his numbers are just so nuts, but there's so much like similar with Stankoven where it's just like, you're not going to be able to do this in the NHL. And then you start to consider, well, like he's a fifth round pick, no way, you know, the entire league passed over him four times and you know, all the guys on all the Habs fans on Twitter are right and, I, and we're wrong. Well, Hattie even I'm had sure him lies, lower, and Hattie sure was it, really high on Wah, and he had him lower than me, Curtis, Hayden, tied with you, lower than Dauber. That was surprising. 
Okay, so so what do you guys think? Like, you, you think his game's translatable to the NHL? And like, how far do you see him? You know, how many more you like? What what's he gonna do in junior next year? It's a weird place because I definitely don't think he's ready for the NHL, but he just scored 130 points. I guess he's queue, just gonna though. be Dylan Strong. In the QMJHL though, too. Yeah, right? yeah. QMJHL is hey, we don't really need a lot of defense. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know, Hayden. You're high on Wah, uh, according to Pat. I, I put him at the bottom of my list at 46. Oh, what? I, I just that kind of those that kind of production, I couldn't justify keeping him off the list. But I also didn't want to put him high enough that I was really sticking my neck out for him. Yeah, he's Insane kind of a player. Production. He's a player you want to see him do it again. But I think we actually talked about him on the last episode. He, um, uh, Hattie said he does not really think he should go back to the queue, but he can't play in the NHL. He's a player that you'd want to send overseas, so he's like a perfect example for that. Yeah. How often do you see that, though? Like, when the guys usually only go overseas when, like, I don't know, like a situation like Matthews, where he had, he had done, he was done with the development program. I just wish he had- was done more, but you know. Well, it was certainly fun in the in the COVID year when when kids were going over to Europe. Yeah, I was gonna say after the COVID stuff, some teams kind of left a few prospects on loan over there. Even after most people were coming back, I know in Colorado, Martin Kout spent longer over in Europe. Even after most players were getting recalled back from loan, players, some players like him, they kind of left over there. They're like, why not? Might as well finish the season get more experience in this men's league. So I would love for it to be more of a trend since clearly some teams are okay kind of letting it keep going after COVID. I don't have any more questions. Okay. (laughs) Go ahead. Done on questions forever. Um, Well, let's get um, Keith to describe why he loves Brendan Othman so much since he's the only one to have him in his top 10. He scored 50 goals. That's what I liked him so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's simple. Pretty simple. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Okay, well, then we'll move on to my other question. Um, Dave, you said you and you said Hattie was gonna love your list because it was so similar to him. But he has this player ranked number one, and you decided not to rank him at all. So I don't know how much you think he's gonna like you after you put Frank Nazar. You didn't even rank him. Actually, neither did uh, Keith. You guys aren't fans of Frank Nazar. And Kyle can stick up for Frank Nazar here because he has him at number five. Yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll change my Sammy Poulin answer to maybe just the entire draft year. I just, for me, it was it was more of just, I, I want to see what they can do next year kind of thing. I just want to see a little more. I just, I, do I think they're going to be fantasy worthy right up the gate? I just don't know. And so I, you know, personally ranked a couple of people higher. Frank Nazar, I, he's kind of one of those players where, you know, hindsight 29, I probably should have ranked because he definitely, I don't think he's number one. And Hattie, I love that Hattie's on that hill, but I'm not, I'm not quite there. Um, I'm personally like more higher on someone like Cooley, but um, yeah, I, w- I will say like in hindsight, he, he probably should be on the list. Like he definitely is like a, 
you know, a top end, definitely draft eligible. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm lower on the draft eligibles on my list. Okay. Well, Keith, why do you hate uh, Frank Mazar and Hattie? I mean, <laughs> Frank Mazar. <laughs> I don't know why I, I should have had him on there. It's just one of those ones that, that you just missed. Okay. Well, that's perfectly fine. And Kyle, why are they both so wrong? Um, well, they just said they would put them on, so I'm not too mad. Um, I don't know. I, I, I got caught up in that. I mean, I've always been high on him. Like, he's been a, such a highly talented, highly talked about player for so long, you know, even when he was back to in, in playing minor hockey in Detroit. Um, and I just think he's, he's able to make offense in so many ways that the, the size doesn't really matter for me. You know what I mean? And, you know, the amount of chances he made for that team and you know, like just the, I think especially he's going to going to go into another situation in Michigan too, where I think he's going to be given everything to succeed. They're an absolute prospect factory. Um, they're going to still have Hughes next year, Nazar McGrory. Um, So I think Nazar is a very, very highly skilled player. And I think that all the cards are going to fall for him to succeed. Cause I also am not worried about, him following to an Arizona or even, like even Montreal, Ottawa, those teams, like I don't, I'm not really confident in their ability to produce stars, but I think if he falls somewhere in the mid rounds or mid first round where I think he will, that he's going to be in a team and in two, three years, I think we're going to see him in the, like in the playoffs, making, making moves like it's kind of a similar thing to like Joel Farabee, for instance. And I asked Patty that yesterday, but now I can ask both Pete, and Keith, um, why do you guys not like Olin Zellweger? Yeah, same thing. Just <laughs> one of those guys I should have had on there. Oh, as soon as as soon as the the report was published, and I started looking at the list, and I saw that name, I swore. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, the Dave, why do you have a ranked forty three? My usual answer, I, he's a defenseman. Like, I, I, you know, Drysdale is going to be number one there in the future, I believe. I, th I think Zellwerk is a hell of a player, and I think he's on any on some other teams. He might be ranked a little bit higher for me. But I just, in, in terms of position of where he is in the organization, I think for, for me, you know, PP1, I think Drysdale is definitely going to be the guy. You know, the top minutes, I think Drysdale is going to be the guy. So although I think Zellweger is a hell of a player. I think just just in terms of utilization, I just think he gets dropped down a little bit. But he's certainly fun to watch. There's there's no uh, there's no knock on him there. Yeah, that's that's my thing too. When the way you look at players and everything, you say like, what's the upside? Like I I don't see Drysdale Manning number one power play. I say uh, Zellweger and Drysdale being like that even strength shutdown monster. So it's interesting well, I, just I, the way to look at it. Yeah, and like I, I always, I always put you know utilization high on my list. Like it was the same with my when I had to rank the goalies. I had, I had a lot of conversations with people that were really surprised on where I put some of the goalies. But it was strictly like for instance, Dostal, Dostal versus Tarasov. I I love Dostal. I think he's one of the best goaltenders in the game. But I just think unless Gibson is traded, of course that changes the whole thing. But I just think Tarasov has a way easier path to the net immediately than Dostal. So. I don't know. For me, for me, utilization is a big thing, and so Zellweger just I just don't see him passing Drysdale. So, okay, well, I just want to also ask about um, one of Kyle's most favorite prospects, 
who actually he did not have the highest rank, which I'm really surprised with Luke Evangelista in this group here. Keith had him one spot higher. Kyle, you had him at 25. How come you didn't want to rank him any higher? Is it just because you just didn't want to have a little bias and you kept him there? Or did you rank him lower on purpose? Well, no, uh, he he was the guy that I had pretty much. I had him as, as pretty, I started out with him like, and then he, I was actually kind of using him as my measuring stick with guys that are younger than him, where I was trying to say like, are they capable of having the type of season he did right now? And if they were on the London Knights and were given all the chances to thrive that Luca Banchalista was this year, um, are they better? So yeah, maybe I did kind of keep him a little lower than what I really think of him because I was trying to not come off too biased. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I also, I'll sit here and sing his praises because I think he's always been a player that's incredibly versatile that I was always able to protect to the NHL because I think he can play on almost any line, maybe not a pure defensive checking line and thrive. And, and now he's shown that he has this sniper element to his game. I, I think he's a surefire, at least a middle six winger in the NHL. Um, and I think he'll be a top six winger in the NHL. Yeah. Did you know Pete put him at 50? So Pete, you didn't miss him on your list, but you would have had a lot of live viewings. Why did you basically put him at 50? Uh, I might be late coming around on Evangelista, but I've been pretty sour on him leading into this season just because I, I'm not convinced that as Kyle is that he's going to be an NHL or he's got some warts in his game um, that you know, he did. He made a lot of um, head roads on this season to be sure, but you know, he's, he's a year older. And if he didn't make any progress this season, that would be another red flag. Um, I guess my concerns are his compete and consistency mainly. Um, uh, but you know, he's, he's overcome some of the consistency issues this year with, with the season that he had scoring, like, I don't know, was it like 50 some goals? I think he had, um, so I, you know, he might be a little low on my list. Um, I wasn't going to rank him. And then I kind of circled back. I was like, uh, <laughs> put him on my list. You didn't want Kyle mad at you, right? <laughs> exactly. You didn't want an angry DM. But well, yeah. Kyle, you can send an angry DM to Hayden because he didn't even want to rank. I, I think I, well, I'm also very like aware that I'm young and I'm not an expert. So like, I'm also like, if you don't want to have Luke Evangelista on the list, I think that's fair because like I just said, if you see him more as, you know, like a bottom nine or a top nine guy rather than a top six or a first line guy. Fair enough. I, I do think consistency has been an issue up until this year in his career. So. Kyle, oh, you can trash talk a little bit. Like it's okay. <laughs> I'm so full. I was going to say, we're just a bunch of way too nice guys over here. Just, yeah. Yeah. Like I'll make fun of Hayden. Everyone's rankings were great. Like I don't want to. <laughs> Are they great? Well, I don't know. I don't know I can, if I can forgive you, Dave, for not ranking Simon Nemich. That one's what I'm most that, – that one shocked me the most. Also, if, if any of us were uh, experts, we would uh, quit our day job and do this for a living. So, you know, take all of this with Amen a grain of salt. That. Or if we were related, executive, because that's also how you get it. You don't even have to be smart. You just have to be related. You've already <laughs> made that joke on this podcast. I know, and I'm going to keep <laughs> making it. But it is true. A running joke then. It is. Oh, we have running jokes running when I do it. Um, uh, oh, one thing that surprised us yesterday when we looked at it, 
Dave, love Tyson Forrester. Number 13. Yeah, I, I was actually, when I was going through the list, that was a funny, that was uh, one that I was actually thinking about. I just, you know, I just really like, he's got a heck of a shot and I actually really like what he did in the AHL. So although I might, you know, maybe I do have him ranked a little bit higher than uh, what should be. I, I, I do believe that he's going to be a top six winger in the NHL. I think his shot and his uh, PP utilization will just be, I just think he's, he's a goal scorer. And I, like I said, I'll admit that he might be a little too high on my list um, by a, a touch, but I do, I am convinced that he is a top six player, especially in that organization where they could use someone on the left side right now. So. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, Keith, you really love uh, Topi Nimella, hey? You ranked him 20. Uh, there's a bunch of non-rankings. 32. Oh, Curtis had him 21, and Curtis loves defensemen, so we can't trust Curtis for this one. <laughs> and he's a loose fan. <laughs> yeah, I guess that too. What do you see with Topi Nimiela? Yeah. Well, he was so good in that. The, it was the World Juniors last year, or was it the year before, where he was really, really good. It was, the, it was the last one that was actually played, I believe. Yeah, not, yeah, not, not, this, not this most recent one. Yeah, the one before that. He just really impressed me at that, and he just stuck in my brain. And <laughs> With defensemen getting more points for goals, I had him a little higher. Yeah. Actually, I'll, I'll add in here, because uh, Hayden and I actually both had uh, Samuel Poulin pretty high. I think, I don't know, if Hayden, if it's you, but for me, it's like, you get a chance to play with Crosby or I guess maybe Malkin because who knows what Pittsburgh's doing now. But that always gives me a bump. Sort of, I guess, like Edmonton, even though I believe I did not. No, I put Holloway on. I, don't, I didn't put someone else from Edmonton on. But yeah. Hayden, do you feel the same way I do about Poulin? Uh, yeah, I was going to ask about which of the five players you just said. But <laughs> Sorry, <yeah>. Samuel <laughs> Poulin. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, he's in the middle of my list just because of how close he is to the NHL I think like he's producing the AHL he has a chance to see middle six minutes soon um he'll if he doesn't crack the lineup this year he probably won't be on my list next year um but just because of how close that opportunity is for him and it does seem feasible I put him there for the upside yeah, I did that as well. Uh, all right, let's go and grab some extra players from out of here. If anyone wants to pop in with some trash talk, go right ahead. <laughs> but also, Hayden, following the abs, you didn't put uh, Olison as high. You kept him at 44. Yeah, he was unranked on a lot of lists. I mean, I definitely see the warts with Olison, but uh, every... <laughs> Like every league he plays in, he comes in and he looks amazing and then he cools off. And then he switches and then he looks amazing and then he cools off. So I'm kind of banking on if a team, like if a pro training staff and like a, a proper training regimen can get him to be like, play up to his potential all the time, he absolutely is a top 50 prospect. And I guess given all of the talk about how intense McKinnon is, maybe Colorado is <laughs> the perfect organization to coax everything Olison has in him uh, on a consistent basis. Yeah, he's not going to be allowed to eat any cookies at all. 
what one player that I'm curious, sorry to just step in here and, and ask step question, in all but, you want. Uh, well, I'm just kind of curious because I saw that Peter and Kyle both didn't have Xavier Burgo uh, ranked. And I was just kind of curious if that was, uh, did you miss him or did, or if you didn't, weren't that high on him, have your thoughts changed on him after watching him during the playoffs or anything like that? Because him and Maverick, I know it's a little, you know, he's playing with Maverick Fork, who's obviously an awesome all-around player, but I'm just kind of curious what you guys think. Yeah, so I left him off, not by accident, uh, but out of ignorance. Um, didn't didn't think that much of him uh, in his draft year um, and um, wasn't sure that he should have been a first-round pick. And then, you know, I don't watch a lot of the queue. So, um, you know, I was just assuming that Maverick Bork was, was carrying the mail on that line. And then, you know, I, obviously I caught a bunch of their games in the Memorial Cup and, um, well, I wasn't wrong about Maverick Bork. He's, he's excellent. Borgo wasn't a passenger. He's, uh, he carried his, his share of, he did his fair share of the heavy lifting on that line. Um, so if I were to, to re-rank it now, I would have him probably just a hair behind wherever I ranked Bork. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think he was a guy I had like, I had listed, I just didn't end up putting in my final 50. So he's definitely in the mix for me. And I will admit that the queue is kind of a blind spot for me and I don't watch a lot of it. Um, I get a lot of my info through people I know that watch the league more um, and are higher on guys like Zachary Boldu and uh, Zach Dean more. Um, this was a really good year for me, for him, but maybe next year he'll be in my list. Like I, it still just wasn't enough to... I don't know. I, I'd have to relook at my entire list again, but I, I just remember being like putting him more 55 to 60 range. Speaking of 2022, Kyle, this is one of your favorite players too. And you and Pete were the only ones to have him ranked. Uh, Rutger McGordy. Why were we all wrong, Peter and Kyle, to not have him on our list? Go ahead, Kyle. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. He's a guy that I'm, I'm still kind of waiting to see more from. I don't, he hasn't really blown me away at the NT and, and, oh God, NTDP program. Um, he was one of the best players we've ever seen in, in American minor hockey. Like his numbers were just nuts um, for the junior, when he played in Oakland, junior Grizzlies. Um, I thought he looked better this year than last year, but um, I don't know. I think, I think he's a guy that again, like Evangelista that I can just project in a lot of situations. Like, I don't see him as a true first or second line play driver, but I can see him complimenting, um, you know, a lot of players in the NHL just because while he has shown that his skating is a bit of a problem and, he, and he's struggled to really um, make chances at the rate he was making for himself in minor hockey. I just think the tools are so good and the brain is so good um, that, and, and that skating is something that can be worked on. Um, you know, we've seen it done many times and I, I think he's an easy fix. I think he's got a lot of upside. So that's why I had him in my rankings. He brings a lot that I like. Skating is not one of them, but you know, he's he's an aggressive, he's physical, he's a pest, he can fight, he can score, he's a net front presence. Um, I had um Pete Krupski on uh, the last episode of DPR, and he compared him to the Kachuk brothers. So from a fantasy league, no matter what kind of format you're in that's a favorable comparison, especially a bangers league like Brady Kachuk and Matt Kachuk and, and bangers leagues are our top 10 players. Um, 
skating is a legitimate concern though um you can overcome that man like you you can teach a kid how to skate he can practice that that's a, that's that's not an innate in deficiency that's you know you can correct that a little bit of practice blue gorotai was a terrible skater when he was a prospect he ended up being the the top left winger in, in nhl history till Ovechkin came along um so you know i'm not saying he's going to be <laughs> the greatest left winger in nhl history uh, but I think he's, he's, he's got a lot of, a lot of value and upside there and the small hilt over overcome. So I'm not sure where I ranked him, but, um, but you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan. I think he's, he's a first round pick all day long. I think, I was going to say, I think as Hayden said earlier, I think he's also, he's got some family connections. His dad coaches Muskegon Lumberjacks. Um, and also I just similar to Hayden again that I am a little biased. I think the NCAA and specifically Michigan is going to do wonders for his development. So, yeah. Fantasy aside, he just kind of he just seems like a player you just want on your team. Hey, for, to go on a deep run, he just he just seems like he wears his heart in his sleeve, and he's just he's he does everything you want him to do. So I, I agree with you guys for sure. Well, right now I'm on the last page kind of pulling, or last page of the rankings kind of pulling off the obscure ones where you have and no one else does. One specific thing we wanted to chirp one person on, and everyone feel free to boo this particular writer, but someone ranked Logan Malieu 43. <laughs> anyway, Hattie said he does not think the game well. Like besides off the ice, on the ice, he hates how he thinks the game. So Keith, why did you put him in your top 50? He's the first round pick by Montreal. So I think he's going to get a shot. And he was almost a point per game this season. So he's got the offensive capabilities. Now we'll see how it goes down the road. I kind of threw him in, what I have him, 40, somewhere in the 43. 40s. Like, yeah. yeah, so he was low. So these are kind of low guys I'm just picking on now. Yeah, there was a lot of those guys I just kind of threw in the 40s that and I don't know. <laughs> you kind of just mentioned him being a Montreal pick. And it came up almost earlier when we were talking about Nyes in Toronto. In terms of like fantasy ownership value, I do think there's extra value to be had in owning prospects on teams like Toronto and Montreal because they will always get hype whether they deserve it or not. And Vancouver. So in your fantasy leagues, you will find a way to offload these prospects if they don't turn out. <laughs> like they just hold their value so long because the hype train doesn't slow down. I don't know about. I don't Vancouver know about this too, specific don't prospects. Canucks. Canucks too. Oh, sorry, guy. Kyle, go ahead. I was just gonna say I don't know if anyone, everyone's gonna be saying, "Oh, trade me Logan May, please." <laughs> I added him and traded him in the league. So yeah, it's it still works. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. No, I I do think he's a good prospect. I was just. So can, can I ask you guys about a guy I had ranked in my mid forties, and that's Mason uh, Lowry. He's a defensive prospect for Boston Bruins. Uh, I really like him. I think he's another one of those underrated prospects. He's got size. He can skate. I think he's good defensively. Uh, he can drive some offense. He's got a good shot. So for anyone who, who is familiar with him that didn't rank him, how come he didn't, didn't make your cut? No, Keith ranked him. Yeah, I'm number 47. Yeah. Oh, I just wasn't familiar enough with him. Yeah, I'm on that boat. I had enough players to put in, so I was like, Yeah, same with me. Uh, who is this guy you have at 19, Pat? 
He's I a Russian. Said, Arseny Gritsyuk. You just said that? Yeah, I said that a while ago. Way to pay attention, oh. Kyle. Oh, that's probably when I was looking over my horrible notes. <laughs> no, he just he played awesome in the KHL, and I was like, this is good. But like we said, who knows if he'll be allowed to come over. He's still there for one more year, so who knows with all that. But, yeah, I just that thought he exploded. I liked it. I want to give props to everyone who – sorry. I want to give props to everyone who had optimism on Rodion Amirov's injury status. That was – I'm glad to see that people haven't given up hope because he was an awesome-looking prospect before the terrible diagnosis this year. I made sure. I, I wrote on my list, like, keep him at 50 no matter if you have to knock someone off or not because he still, he still should be on there for me, like, especially if he makes it. But yeah, I can, it's easy to see why people wouldn't rank him too. And I think Pete had him the highest at 17. They have an exit at 18, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing extra to add. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I made, I went off my, my train of thought. Oh, wait, next up, I was going to ask Pete, these two players, you have them back to back. And uh, Corson Coolman's actually, he dropped off my list. I wanted him up there for the jackets, but I just didn't fit him in. And Ryan Suzuki. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like Carson Coolman's. I think he's, uh, he's got the ability to impact the game a couple different ways. He skates really well, um, can provide some offense. I don't think he's a, a total liability defensively either. Um, I don't think he's got too big of a hill to climb to, get over some prospects to get in the NHL on that roster. Um, yeah, he was impressive. Every time I've seen him play, I'm like, oh, yeah, man, he's pretty good. Uh, what was the other name now? Sorry. Well, well Coolman's is going to have to jump Boquist, Wierenski, and Bean, though. You think he can do that for offensive time? We'll find out. Bean, maybe. Okay. I'm, I'm not sure Bean's gonna stick around oh i have some um, calgary hitman fans who would really dislike well i guess you're not sure. disliking b you just don't think he'll stay in columbus nhl oh whoa shots fired the other one was ryan suzuki ryan suzuki yeah, yeah. um okay so he, he does have some competition for for prospects to to overcome in, in carolina but um you know, I like his game. He's not the biggest guy, so he's going to have a little bit of challenges with uh, with the pro-level physicality, and that might be a way to to shut him down. But I think he's, uh, he's a versatile player. You know, he's forward to different forward positions. You can move up and down your roster a little bit, uh, and I like his offensive upside too. Uh, so if he can... If he can make that roster, he'll have great teammates to play with as well. So, you know, I just... I think there's potential there for... Uh, for a good player. Okay. And then, um, oh, wait, no one was going to say anything? Okay, good. Oh, you were. Come I on. was just going to say, uh, <laughs> stick, stick my London knowledge in here and say that uh, I would say up until his NHL draft year, he was the first overall OHL pick. I would say Ryan was always more highly thought of than Nick. Obviously, Nick took a lot of strides in his post-draft years with uh, Owen Sound and Guelph, but it's just worth noting. I mean, I didn't have him ranked, but uh, I just don't like abs fans. <laughs> okay. 
So I'm really so, glad I avoided Hattie. I was so worried. I had I didn't rank Wall or Dewey. I thought I was going <laughs> to come in on you. That's it's okay. I don't think he's going to attack you. Um, there is one. Um, okay, so we talked earlier about how Brendan Brisson can make the um, Knights because you know they need players on ELC. But this player did not make the Knights on ELC and was put on waivers. And Anaheim picked him up. And Dave is high enough to put him at 35. Lucas Elvinen. I just said that all way too. Yeah, fast. I, I don't think I, I just don't think he's he's been given a shot. Um, I think there's still some more untapped, some tapped production that could could be held with Alvinus. He's he's a good he's a good producer. So, um, yeah, I I, I I hate to just be a broken record and just say you know in hindsight maybe you put him a little lower, but uh, I think he's just got some untapped uh, some untapped potential, and I just think I don't know he he could maybe find it. I probably will be. That will probably be the worst pick out of the whole 50, to be honest. It's it's probably way too high, but uh, I think there's still something there. And he'll get more of a, uh, an opportunity in, in Anaheim, I think, eventually. Hey, don't worry. You didn't put Kirill Marchenko in the top five, so anything can be different. But I, I still will to. defend I, that. I'm with you with Kirill. I'm with you with Kirill. So. Okay, Not good. as high as you. but <laughs> I know. I've always liked him. But, okay, here's a player that kind of disappeared. He's, I'm the only one who ranked him. He he was drafted first round. Um, he sort of hovered, went to the AHL at 18, didn't do much because it was the AHL at 18. But then all of a sudden this year in the last half, he kind of popped off. And I asked the other two yesterday, but um, Simon Holmstrom from the Islanders. No one else uh, liked him enough to rank him, hey? Everyone just still sees the guy that hasn't really made it. I, I don't know. I think I'd be putting uh, Raddy or Dufour in there. If I'm talking Islanders prospects. Hey, I was the only one to rank DeFore too. I, I looked at my list and I like have all these Islanders on it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know. It's just what happens sometimes. But yeah, no one liked Holmes from enough, eh? Oh, I'm looking at a bunch of blank looks. So, okay. Perfect. Well, he probably could have went higher than Elvin is, so I'll tell you that much. So. <laughs> Wait, would you have put him at? I'm, I'm a little stumped, to be honest. I was, I'm a little stumped right now that I had him at 35. I, I hate to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that may have may have been a glitch in my uh, my stat. Well, you can always message Mario and be like, "Hey, you screwed up." <laughs> That's a great point, actually. Yeah, but uh, put Holmstrom in there. Okay, good. Do it, <laughs> um, Kyle. I did not rank this devil, and you did, Graham Clark. I'm thirty-eight. And actually, I like your love for the next player you ranked at 39 and David Goyette after. No one else wanted to rank him, Pete. But um, why do you like Graham Clark so much? Yeah, um, let me, I got to find the numbers again. But he, he's played limited minutes. Um, so I think he just had really good AHL numbers. Um, and, of course, in his draft year, he was injured. So he was kind of, I don't know where he went, third or fourth round. But um, And then a similar thing where uh, I know he's been working a lot um, him and his brother with Tony Greco in the gym and, and he's got a great kind of situation around him to succeed. And, uh, I think the devils are high on him too. I think we could see him in the NHL this year, you know, with injuries and whatnot, or just, I think he'll get a test. So yeah, that, that also, was the rare area where I looked towards the AHL production. Did you also look towards, um, names and picking, uh, Del Bell, the Blues is 42. Oh, the only yeah. one to rank him. I was the only one to rank Luca Del Bell Blues. Yeah. I see 
I thought I was too low. I've always all year been thought I'm low on him because, you know, I think he's a year older um, and I don't think he's skating is all that great, but like you can't deny the production and you can't deny the highlight reel goals he scores. So I guess if now I'm defending him, that, that would be why. <laughs> um, yeah. I think Mississauga is going to tear it up next year. Did, did I have Beck higher though? Um, well, Dave was going to say something while I go look for Beck. Oh, I was just going to say, if it makes you feel better, I didn't have Frank Nazar uh, ranked. So if I don't have him ranked, I sure as hell won't have Delvo Blues. <laughs> yeah, you also had Beck ranked 31. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did anyone else rank Owen Beck? Uh, no. Wow. <laughs> did you have Go Yet ranked? I did too. Yeah. yeah. This is maybe my OHL bias showing. Yeah. No, you know what? I will kind of love the OHL guys. Yeah. I will say out of, and I've said this in the report a couple of times that if there's any like boom bust offensive guy, that's going to get taken later. It's for me, it's, Oh, it's been David Goyette. I I, like, he's got a lot of stuff to work on and he is, you know, he does get pushed around quite easily, but I think there is like, if, if, you know, offensively, I think he's my, my boom or bust draft eligible that's that's not like probably outside of the first round he's my logan stankoven of this year yeah well hayden was everyone crazy for not having raphael lavoy lavoy oh um, come on (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i have him too high even in the 40s but uh i I think he's gonna get a chance is the thing like I, I, I just have very high confidence that he's gonna get a look at some point even if that isn't gonna if the upside isn't there and like I said the whole thing I have high confidence that if I, if I were to own him in a fantasy league the moment he gets that call up that is eventually gonna come trade him to some Oilers fans say he's McDavid's next winger and try again with a different prospect yeah that makes sense. Um, Keith, you had Sean Behrens. You're the only one to rank him. You ranked him 44. Oh, no, you weren't then mm-hmm. in the 50s, but uh, you really love this guy, hey? He's an abs one, and Hayden didn't even have him on this list. Yeah, I got a lot of offensive defensemen on here. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes <laughs> that just happens. Yeah. Usually I, it's I, the right call to agree with Joe Sackett. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True. This year, unless he's signing Jerome McGinley. Hey? Maybe there is some leadership obtained from Jerome <laughs> McGinley that led to this playoff run. Who are you to say? True. Joe Sackick has never done anything wrong. <laughs> McKinnon's going to come out and say, I'll never forget the speech Jerome gave. He said, I never win a cup. <laughs> and I don't want if, you to not ever win a cup either. <laughs> are you saying that if Toronto wins the cup in the next couple of years, Jason Spezza deserves no credit because... <laughs> He wasn't on the team when they won. Well, I mean, now he's building the team, so. Yeah, he was he be. also in uh, Sault Ste. Marie? Spezza? No, he was <laughs> Ottawa 67. No, no I just meant Yeah, uh, no, he was 67. Okay. Dubas. I, I, got, I got a guy that I'm going to that I'm going to push for right now that I see that no one else has is, uh, and he's quite boomer bust, but I've watched a lot of Ivan Morozov. Uh, back when I was, I, I'm really, obviously I was watching Pod Colson and I was also really big on Marchenko and I like Kuzmenko. So I was watching Ska quite often and Ivan Morozov, he just came over to the AHL last year. He only played one game. Uh, I might be super high on him and I might be eating my words here, but I, I really like him as a, as a prospect. And I think he could 
you know, I think he can do some damage. I think Morozov is another place. I think Brisson is going to make it kind of tough for him to, to do anything maybe in the top six, but I do like Morozov as a, as a player that could come in. Yeah, he ranked him 32. Yeah. And that one him. I do like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, um, speaking of ranking your own team pretty high, Pete, uh, Roni Hervonen, you ranked him at 43. No one else ranked him. Is this just a leaf bias? No, you're all wrong. I, he was on my bonus players. Like I gave uh, the list up to around 55, just in case I had guys on my list that had accidentally played a game. And Hervinen was very close to my list. So why why are we wrong for not having him ranked, Pete? Um, I, I think uh, I think he's a bit of a gamer. I think he's got some some skill. He's a little bit undersized, five nine, something like that. Um, but I, I, you know, I like what I've seen, and it's been very limited sample size. Um, but I, you know, I've seen him at the World Juniors and whatnot, and he's a point of game player there, and uh, he put up some pretty good numbers in in Liga as well. So, um, and also, um, uh, Yoki speaks very highly of him too. So. You know, I put a lot of faith in what Yoki Nevalainen has to say about Finnish prospects. So, did you also those, not those pay the power bill? What's that? Did you not pay the power bill? Why? It just got <laughs> really dark over there like a while ago, and you're sitting really far back, so it looked like scary. <laughs> I got Aiden, nothing on Aiden, that. I love, I love your Ryshevsky tag. He's Fun to say the least. Krzyzewski is a wild prospect. The only one, I'm, I'm actually surprised you're the only one that has him ranked, to be honest. We're, we're trying to look for some of these names that pop out, too. Oh, I'm just at the bottom oh, here. Krzyzewski. Yeah. I can't remember what number he was. 48. Yeah, bottom of the list, risky pick. Yeah, yeah. Just, just uh, put him in there and set it and forget it. You know what's a risky pick though? The person right, sort of above that, that is the only one to rank. Uh, Josh Doan, forty-seven. You just think there's some offense there, Kyle? Or? Uh, well, you want to talk about families and being put in positions, places <laughs> to succeed. I don't know if anyone does is in a better position than Josh Doan, um, and I just think. He took a lot of steps forward. Um, you know, the year he was drafted was Chicago, and he's had a great year in college. And um, I don't know. I, I just – I didn't think I, that was that nuts of a pick. <laughs> he's, definitely kind of, he's definitely kind of a riser, but uh, I, I've seen some other people, you know, put them in their, their top prospect lists. Um, I just think, like, who's to say he's done this exponential development curve he's on? Like, he's – He's went from being, you know, an okay player that wasn't good enough, didn't impress enough to get drafted in the USHL to being one of Chicago's very best players. And then now he's been very, 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 very good in college. Like he's, he's taking every, yeah, every year in stride. Like what, what's going to happen next year. That's, that's why I had him at 47. I'm going to look like a genius next year. Okay. Oh, was going to add something. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I, I think he's a, a really good player. I think he's going to get a shot with Coyotes, but it, it sounds like he's going to do four years of college. 
So that's why I didn't have them on my list. I wanted to put them on there, but I think it's going to be a little while before we see them. Sometimes you overrank the players on your own team. So I'm surprised you maybe didn't put them there, Keith, because I remember I put um, Axel Johnson Philby one year just for the uh, Caps. I was like, Caps need one player on there. And he scored like, I just, it was the year he just kept scoring for like 10 straight games, put up like 20 goals. And I was like, I put him at the very last. I just wanted to have one cap on there. But um, someone who also had someone in the high 30s, Henry Thren. Kyle, or Keith, you really love him. Uh, yeah, there's another offensive defenseman I had on there. But yeah, I really like him. I, I think he's going to be a good player for the Ducks. Uh, he's going to play one more year of college, and I think we'll see him in the NHL at the end of this coming season. I think I think he's a really good player. Really impressed so, me every time I've seen him. For you, does he is he the one that's going to get the one PP role, you think, in the end, or what? I don't know, but he's the player I would, I didn't go with my stick your neck out for a player. He's, he's the guy I would stick my neck out for. Evidently so. Only one to rank him and you had him 30 in the 32, you said? 31, yeah. There's a couple like that. I think Dave has quite a few like that. (laughs) I love, I love Dauber's got Hellgate Grants, uh, Grants at 35. Yeah. Um, No one else has him ranked. He, he just jumped up the now with Brock Faber gone too. He just jumped up the the depth charts even more. So, Dalver's a genius. Yeah. Maybe, or we can just make fun of him for it because he's not here to defend it. Yeah, but I want to do the guide next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, actually, there's there's one the very bottom player ranked at the very bottom. Um, Robertson, Keith, you. Who's this guy? I was hoping you weren't going to see this one. I don't know why I put him on there. He had 41 <laughs> goals. That was just like, yeah, I just threw him at number 50. I, I don't know why I put him on there. Oh, okay. Do you want me to edit that part out? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's yeah, stuck in there forever. <laughs> we leave the best stuff in there. One time Kyle's mom texted him something about mushrooms. It was the best. <laughs> not the kind you eat for fun. Or wait, in, in stews. It was psychedelic. No, not for fun. <laughs> Hey, Keith, uh, out of curiosity, only because I'm actually curious about John Beecher. Did you put him in for that reason, too? Or do you actually um, I've actually wondered a lot about John Beecher because I know when he was he was drafted, he was, you know, he he was quite sought after. People really liked what he did. But it seems like he's kind of he's been that Michigan guy that's fallen off and no one seems to talk about. So do you like are you hiring him for any specific reason or? Yeah, because he played really well for the Providence Bruins. Yeah. He was almost a point per game, and he was he. When I saw him, he looked really good. He, he really used his size and speed. I feel like he's just not talked about. Like he's one of those prospects, just no one talks about John Beecher. But yeah, okay. he didn't put up any points in in college, so that was why. It's also because Boston loves to draft fourth line players in the first round. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, Keith, you're a Bruins fan, right? Was he maybe a Bruins yeah. pick too? Was he a Bruins love? Yeah, he was a little bit, yeah. Actually, Hayden, what team do you cheer for? Is it the Leafs? Yeah, I've been a lifelong Leafs fan, but I've been covering Colorado for Dauber for seven and a half years now, so I'm kind of an adopted Colorado fan at this point. And my brother's been... Oh, easy to say. <laughs> yeah, my brother's been a lifelong Colorado fan, so... He like I have a lot of Colorado stuff in my room growing up, and he had some Leaf stuff in his room. So we've, yeah, 
I definitely have uh, was celebrating during the parade, just not as not as hard as some of the true lifelong fans. I see. I'm a, if you're in your th- oh, go ahead, Cal. I was just gonna say I'm a Penguins fan, so I just tell everyone I'm a big fan of Cole Harbor players, and that'll be my <laughs> transition to bandwagons. Yeah, not you were born when Crosby was drafted. I am. See, I was six <laughs> years old. Remember it wow. Thursday. You just multiply that by five, say, and I you get like Pete years ago. Oh, jeez! Oh, <laughs> First, you insult his dark room. I was gonna say, I feel like if you're in the thir- if you're in your thirties or even late twenties, I guess. I don't care what team you go for; you're a secret Colorado Avalanche fan. Like you just could you couldn't not be when like we grew up with you know like Joe Sackick, Forsberg, Adam Foot. Like you just couldn't you couldn't not. I'm, I'm a Canucks fan, and they dominated yeah. the Canucks, and I secretly loved the Colorado Avalanche. So. Especially anyone who played NHL video games around yeah. the last time they won the cups, so around like 2001. So like that was Sabatos. <laughs> yeah, Sabatos. Yeah. But like having those video games growing up, like every game you played, everyone wanted to be Joe Sackick or Peter Forsberg when they're playing. Yep. So like it's hard to get that out of your head when from a young age, like Colorado's just always been so good. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, oh, I, I always say Merrick Sabatos because in those NHL games, he was always the fastest player in the game, I swear. And he was just always a cheat code. For some reason, Merrick Spatos was the guy to be. Wotek Wolski, 85 Wotek every Wolski. year. They didn't, they didn't do any any updates on his rating for like six <laughs> years. He was just like an 85 player. And I don't even think he's in the NHL anymore, but he's in oh, the no. game and he's an 85. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, all right, let's do one thing I want to point out. Um, I really like that, uh, Keith, you put uh, Poirier on your list. You're the only one to rank him. I, that's a player I feel I forgot about. Yeah, he's put up some big point totals in the Quebec League. and Another yeah. offensive defenseman I put on there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess I should have just been like, oh, he plays offensive defenseman. Okay, never mind. I understand now. <laughs> Any offensive defenseman, you'll find them on Keith's list. They're all on my list. <laughs> but uh, Dave. You want Henry Thrin? Speaking of um, loving a player like maybe past love, like for me, Merchenko when he was drafting all that, um, Kavanoff from Minnesota, you're the one to rank mm. him. Like he's really yep. fallen down. His skating just doesn't seem to yeah. improve, but you like him a lot, eh? Uh, that was or, it's, it's, a lot. No, no. He, he, he's one of those ones where it's almost like, a, in, like it, it, it's, I, I really liked him two years ago. Like I had, like he was, I was, I was higher on him than most people. And I feel like I just personally, I, I can't give up on him. So he's, <laughs> if, if you look in past years, I've always had him ranked and it's always just slowly got lower and lower next year. He's probably gone, but I just, I, I'm still, you know, I'm still giving him that last shot. I think he's, he's super skilled and you know, there, there is potential for him to, to get there. And especially with, with Minnesota having such a, you know, a thin center. Uh, depth chart I feel like you know maybe there's a glimmer of hope but uh, I I think maybe next year he'll be out of my out of my list but I have him in there actually you your team seems to be Vegas that you're in like because you have Jack Duggan uh, 25 yeah he's another player just like he goes to the AHL and he looks right he doesn't look out of place he you know he fits right in uh, I think he's another player that uh, he doesn't get enough credit for what he does I think he's just kind of a, a sleeper prospect that I actually think our thought could have at least, uh, much like Brisson, got a, at least a chance last year. Uh, that I was a little surprised that he didn't see a game or two. So 
Um, do I think he's going to be, you know, a high end of offensive guy? Probably not, but I do think he does crack the NHL and have a decent career in the middle six somewhere. Yeah. For me with him, it's always kind of been injuries too. They seem to follow him around forever. Um, yeah. So I'll ask one more question and then we can wrap it up because it's probably getting late for you Eastern people. <laughs> um, so I noticed like when I look under Jack Duggan, it's uh, Jameson Reese. Uh, Pete, you're the one who has him at 27. Um, Dave, you have him at, I think, 33. I kind of lost my spot, but it's not that specific player. For me, when I made my list, I like looked at it, and I didn't have a lot of Carolina Hurricanes prospects, but then like you look at all their prospects, and they're all good, but not like great. Did anyone sort of feel like they just sort of forced some Carolina players on their list, or maybe they really like certain Carolina players? Because none of them feel like top-line guys, but they all but like – Five of them could be on everyone's list, or almost 10 could. Carolina is just such a good drafting team. Patrick so Dave yeah, or him. Hayden had someone else on Carolina, that was, yeah. or Hattie had someone else that was like, bam. I, I'm fully aboard the Scott Morrow train. I think you're, you didn't rank him, Pat. No. A couple of us had him yeah. in the teens. He's another guy that's had a crazy year in college. And I don't know. I think I, I agree with you generally about Carolina's prospects because they shoot on a lot of high upside guys um, like Gundler. I don't know if Morrow is that anymore. Like, I think he's starting to enter that territory of we all missed on this kid and we need to accept it now that he's. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, hopefully they don't have to have Tony D'Angelo on the PP1 anymore. <laughs> they can get rid of him. <laughs> Someone's going to pay him. Yeah. Uh, Keith, had to add any Carolina players specifically or not really? Um, I had Morrow pretty high. I was on the Morrow train, trying to look right now. I don't think I, I'm right with you. As they have a lot of good prospects, but nobody that like really jumped out at me that I had to have on the list. How about you, Pete? What do you think about that? Oh, Pete, did you hear me? Oh, okay. Oh, noise in the background? Do you want me to change someone up? No, no, I just had to get it off mute. Um, I don't think that when I was making my list, I wasn't going through and making sure I had, you know, it's not an all-star game. I didn't have a player represented from each team. I didn't, that didn't cross my mind at all. I didn't care if I had like 15 guys from one team and zero from another, as long as they're all fantasy relevant and, and top prospects. So for Carolina, for Reese, I picked him because, um, because I like him. I think he's going to make it to the NHL. And I think he's one of those, like Dave was talking about with Beecher, one of those players we just don't, it just doesn't get enough chatter or conversation. Uh, I think he's an underrated guy. Um, uh, you know, he's, he's got what, two seasons in the American Hockey League now. And he hasn't, he didn't take the step that I was kind of thinking that he would this season. Um, but I'm, I'm, it's still early enough that I haven't given up uh, my, my confidence and faith in him. And he's, you know, the Chicago Wolves was a, a pretty veteran laden team and they just won the, the, not the Memorial cup, the Calder cup. Um, so I think, uh, you know, while he might've not got the ice time on that team this year, because they got a lot of veterans, I still think that he's, he's going to make it to the NHL. <laughs> those, those veteran American hockey leaguers aren't. Um, so I, I think he's a valuable underrated prospect i want to make sure he got some some love on the list yeah. i think we all would have had one more carolina prospect on the list if jack drury hadn't played two nhl games <laughs> and been ineligible yeah 
But did you find that with Carolina players too, Caden? You just were like, oh, they have so many good ones, not great ones, so many that could be anywhere on the list sort of thing. Uh, I didn't really think about that either because I had I had Morrow at 25 and Reese and Gundler at 49.50 at the end of my list. So the any Carolina stuff wasn't really going through my head. I think a reason I think of that is because also the way their owner goes, like he's not cheap, but if he has a price on a player, he won't go higher than that. So I feel like they can also cycle through a lot of ELC contracts if they want. So is that more up? Okay, Kyle, do you want to add anything extra? Uh, no, it's nothing more to add. We've covered pretty much everything. <laughs> do you want to make fun of me a little bit? No, I'm all, I'm all good. Okay. Well, I did say Pete, but Keith, you could too if you want. I guess. <laughs> no, that's not my that's not my style. Oh, oh, okay. I see. I'm the bad guy. Not on your own show. I'll, I'll make fun of you on my show <laughs> okay, when you're not there to defend yourself. <laughs> Even better. That's what I like to do the most. Okay. Um, yeah. So I guess that's all for this week. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. Mine is at if. At FHP Quinn, Kyle's where's this? At Kyle underscore NW. Dave, what's yours? All 1289. And Mario, if you hear this, you can get rid of Alvinus at 35. <laughs> Keith, your Twitter is? A Duggan, uh, 92. That's two G's, right? Two G's, yep. Yeah, uh, yeah actually, Jack Dugan. It's- one G is Dugan, two G's is Duggan. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pete, both of yours are because your radio uh, show. Yeah, so my personal account is uh, Farling, P-H-A-R-L-I-N-G. And uh, if you want the Dauber Prospects radio podcast, that's DPR underscore show. And Hayden, your uh, Twitter is, and also I recommend spelling out your Twitter. <laughs> we could have practiced before we started recording uh, i know i did that with a few people but i forgot it with you i'm sorry uh my twitter handle is at soboleski h um and the twitter handle for this website me and my friend make is at mcdavid for picks uh give us a follow if you want to see our polls where we put out trades that our like algorithm puts together and thinks is fair value and i'm getting people to vote on it to kind of help help our algorithm making a little bit yeah and also you should spell out your twitter handle your actual one where they can find your apps content it's uh, (laughs) a do your research at (laughs) sobolesky h at twitter um S-O-B-O-L-E-S-K-I-H for only very good hockey takes regarding the Colorado Avalanche and Toronto Maple Leafs sometimes and very good trade simulations. No one would have been able to get it just normally just saying S-O-B-S-K-I-H. Like, come on. Everyone knows who I am. Uh, that's true. I've been around a long time now. Yeah, okay. Um, we always end it awkwardly, so it's just more fun this way. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Draftcast. Um, we're still waiting for sponsors, especially Mangrate. If you would like to come back, you can call you can contact Kyle or myself. Um, yeah, and that's all. Everyone buy the prospect report. Um, uh, there's anything extra to add? Kyle, do you want to do a dance or sing? He works really hard on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's all.
Bye, anyone who's watching or listening. Yeah, everyone. I would stop. <laughs>